What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. This is the post-Super Bowl edition, I guess you could say. This is like a first tape, not first tape, but like a first, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Like first reactions, basically. We're recording this right after the game. I got our guests on, our two, uh, I was about to say special guests, but these guys have been coming on since the beginning of the time. I got Thomas Hemingway on. Thomas, how you doing? Good, man. I'm chilling. Can't complain. There you go. I got Sterling Harrison on Sterling. What's good with you, man? <laughs> it's about to be a session. <laughs> All right, well, class, class is in session, folks. So without further ado, welcome to the Sports House. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night beat. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. guys so obviously i'm gonna give y'all the background of the game in case you're living it under a rock and you didn't watch it and i'll let the guys go at it from there uh the rams got the win in the super bowl which i think was they were the expected winner of the game they were the favorites with the final score of 23 to 20 over the cincinnati Bengals. uh joe burrow had 20, went 22 for 33 for 263 yards and a touchdown Joe Mixon, 15 yards on the uh, 15 carries for 72 yards. And T. Higgins was the 100 yard receiver guy with four receptions for 100 yards. Meanwhile, on the Rams side of things, Matthew Stafford, 26 for 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Cam Akers only had 21 yards on the ground. And the high receiver man for the Rams was Cooper Cup with eight receptions, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. So, first, I'm going to throw it to Thomas here first because Sterling got a lot to say. Uh, Thomas, what do you think about the game? What are your takeaways? Well, I mean, first off, I uh, now nah, I gotta I gotta toot my horn a little my own horn a little bit because you know Matt had me on a couple episodes back. I think right before the playoffs started, uh, and he asked me, you know, who I who I thought could you know win it all, and I said the Rams. I felt like you know uh, that defense, like I said in the episode, I think if they all uh, put it together just for one game or for a couple games, you know, that playoff stretch. Um, that, you know, they could arguably be the best team in the uh, NFL. Um, so, yeah, I definitely thought uh, that that D-line played up to their uh, full potential, which was, you know, kind of the storyline coming in was uh, uh, was Burroughs' line going to be able to protect them um, for, you know, all four quarters, which uh, we see they couldn't. Um, so, yeah, that definitely was was probably the biggest um, storyline to me during the game is just Burroughs' O-line not holding up. Uh, I still think he he had a pretty good performance, though, given, um, you know, what he could do with a little bit amount of time he had. Uh, I felt like they did kind of struggle to get um, their playmakers the ball and, like, Jamar Chase. You know, he did have a one big deep shot early in the game. Um, but I think that the Rams did a pretty good job of uh, containing him for the most part. Um, even, like you said, T. Higgins, you know, going over 100 yards. I mean, I think that, you know, one touchdown catch was, like, 50, 60 something yards in itself. So, that was a big chunk play right there. Um, but uh, a credit to Matt Stafford. Um, I think they the Rams did a good job adjusting after that Odell injury. Um, you did kind of see at first that it did um, slow him down. 
a little bit. Um, they were kind of, I don't want to say scrambling, uh, like trying to find, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a different threat outside of Cooper Cup on offense once Odell got hurt, but it did kind of seem like that. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like once uh, Stafford and Cup got settled in later in that fourth quarter, um, you know, they, they, they got to put on a show like what we saw all season. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it was definitely a, a, a good game, some good competition. Um, like I said, you got to give Bro his credit um, for doing what he was able to do. Uh, you know, with the, with the little bit of help that his line gave him. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely happy that Odell, you know, got his first ring. Matt Stafford was able to get his first ring along with Aaron Donald and all them boys. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was just a great game overall. Okay. So, Sterling, what are your thoughts? I don't know when it was in the season when you brought me on that. And, and you asked me a question about, man, can Joe Burrow get it done this year? Is he a top five quarterback, this, that, and the third? And I remember specifically saying, look, I love what he does, what he brings to the game, him and Jamar's electric. But when it comes down to it in the playoffs, it's all about the trenches. And at the end of the day, that's what won Los Angeles this game. All right. I'm going to go to a specific moment in the game that, that could have broke the Rams, right? This, this, is, this is it. All right, T. Higgins get away with the face mask on uh, on a Jalen Ramsey, which leads to the 75-yard score. And the next play, Matt Stafford throws a pick, and it's like, uh-oh, here comes the avalanche. It's a wrap. And you know what happened? Aaron Donald happened. <laughs> All right? The Bengals O-line, what we've seen it to be, the whole year happened, and they got put out of field goal range. <laughs> or, no, they got they only gave up a field goal, and that, that kept that game from going from a, you know, within reach but you're reeling to – the game's over because if, they, if, if Cincinnati scores a touchdown right there, this game is a wrap. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals as world champions right now. But instead, the trenches came through for Los Angeles. They kept them in the whole second half, basically waiting for the last drive, basically, for, for Los Angeles with Rant, uh, Cup and, and Stafford. And, you know, my, my MVP was Aaron Donald just for, I mean, he literally kept them in the game. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just the fact of the matter. He turned up the heat. And uh, gave Cincinnati all types of problems, closed the game out um, when it mattered most. And that's just, you know, that's one of the, the, the things that made L.A. dangerous last year and years before, prior was their defensive prowess and Aaron Donald being the head of that. And, uh, you know, they just needed a guy that could drive him down the field. Now, Matt Stafford, I think, got comfortable a little bit when he had lost all his weapons because you know why? He's dealt with worse than Detroit. All right. So this was normal for him. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Cooper Cup is phenomenal. I, you know, there's a lot of things I can say about Cooper Cup right now. Um, there's a man that tried to say that DJ Moore, <laughs> Robbie Anderson were somewhere near this guy's level. Um, Cooper Cup caught a touchdown pass, concussed. All right, I'm, I don't care what nobody says. That man had a concussion when he caught that second that second bait on Eli Apple. All right, uh, and won the game for the Rams, and he did it, and he did great, and made plays on that last drive when he had to make plays. Like there's nobody else. The ball could have gone to key four down conversion, key dig route completion reception, and then we scored a touchdown to win the game. But this came down again to the trenches. And even when Cincinnati could have gotten the field goal range, Aaron Donald happened. All right, that third and one, I don't know how he got the guys. I don't know how he got P Ryan, uh, how he got around to get to P Ryan to get him to the ground that third and one to force the fourth and one, which won the game. But that's what got, that's what wins championships. The trenches, and that we saw it happen again today. And I said, I, I'm just 
so happy about that. So let me ask y'all this. Were y'all expecting, I guess I'll throw Thomas here first, so therefore I just let me interpret. Were you expecting that the, uh, the Bengals defensive line to play as well as they did? Because it really, like, when you look at that stats and just from what you're watching, Cam Akers is only able to run 21 yards uh, all day today. And as we know, the, the Rams love to use, like, that play-action pass. So are you expecting the Bengals defense? Because the thing is, I always think about the Bengals defense, is, like, there's not a lot of, like, big-name guys. Like, some people know Eli Apple. Some people know Hubbard. But they're not, like, huge-name guys. And then DJ Reed, I just know because he played at Clemson. Or are you expecting that Cincinnati defensive line to be able to hold so tight? Or are you expecting the uh, Rams offensive line to be able to get a push and Anchors to be able to kind of run a little bit at will? No, I, I definitely wasn't expecting them to, to have a, the impact that they did on the game. Um, I mean, like you said, they don't really have too many big-name guys, but they're, you know, they work well as a unit. They're a good unit. Um, and like you said, they pretty much made that, that run game for the Rams a non-factor. Um, which, you know, goes hand-in-hand hand with that play-action offense. I heard that play-action pass, like you said. Um, so I think that definitely played a big part in, in slowing Stafford um, and that offense down a little bit, um, which, you know, kept them in the game for, for the majority of the game because, you know, when you can uh, stop the run and get a decent pass for us, that, you know, always helps out your secondary. So, um, yeah, that, that D-line definitely played a big part. Gotcha. And Sterling, I know that you noticed and never – because it seemed like for – I would say the first two, maybe two and a half quarters, that double team was kind of strong on Aaron Donald. It was like every time he goes left, they hit him right. And it seems like, or the, the guard would hit him and then the center would hit him wherever he was trying to go. They kind of just take him that way. Uh, did you kind of expect that going into this game? or And then at some point he would conquer? Or at one point were you thinking like, oh, they might be able to take Aaron out of this thing? Oh, I absolutely expected them to double and triple for as long as they possibly could. But what you saw the Rams do defensively to try to help counteract that in terms of when they got into their pass sets or when the bank got into their pass sets is the Rams started to show five. So at that point, when you see five, you have to respect five as if they're coming. So they drop Ernest, whether they brought him. That way they got Aaron into some more one-on-one situations in the second half um, just, to, just to make the offensive line respect what their rules are supposed to be in that situation. So that helped free him up a lot in the second half. And then once he started to get going, I think once um, – I think once that face mask or non-call face mask happened, I feel like the whole Rams defense kind of rallied together. All right, enough of this. Um, you can see the attitude when that when that pick was thrown, how they came out, how Aaron, how he pushed Joe out of bounds. You can just see something change with the defense in that moment where they realized, like, all right, we have to win this game. Like, we have to keep them in this game. We'd have no Odell. Because I'm going to be honest, if Odell played this game, this is a blowout. But um, if he could play more this game, this is a blowout. All right, that's just what it was looking like. So – but you saw, um, you know, that, you know, Morris did a good job just showing different people. Uh, Ernest Jones played a great game um, in terms of the pressure he provided and just the way that uh, the way that they was able to free up Donald because he showed that he can get to the quarterback and he had a couple of sacks. So that's just how they got him some one-on-ones in those situations. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just good ball. Like that's just, you make it, you get your best guy open some somehow, some way and just rely on the guys in the back half to pass things off and do what they got to do. So they don't give it a big completions. Um, but I, I say what Thomas said, like, I did not expect Cincinnati's run defense to be this good today. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I thought this was going to be a game where Los Angeles was going to, you know, they've been throwing it all year, and this is going to be the game where they're going to be able to hand it off 25, 30 times and, and, you know, kill it that way. But, hey, find ways to win. Just find a way to win. <laughs> no, exactly. The big-time players make big-time plays. Uh, it's funny because I think a lot of people, whenever you talk about the Rams, you think a lot about uh, – you think about, especially at defense, you think about Donald, and then you think about Von Miller and stuff. But that was Floyd. He went to Georgia, right? Oh, Leonard Floyd? Oh, yeah, that man's a dog. 
He was in um he was at he was in Chicago for a good little minute. Yeah. Yeah, he's exceptional. It seems like as a matter of point, and maybe because he's just a little bit younger than Von Miller, one could say that he kind of impacted the game a little bit more as far as maybe getting a hand on whoever's like running the ball and making tackles and stuff. Obviously, Van Von Miller demands attention or whatnot, but Floyd was running all over the place. Thomas, I'm going to come to you. How big of a deal was it that you think it was whenever you saw OBJ go out? Because then when I was thinking, when I first saw it, I was like, God, and that was a non-contact injury. And as we know, non-contact injury is usually worse than sometimes the ones wherever the guys gotten hit. But did but what did you when you first saw him go down? What did you think how that would impact the game? Um, I, like you said, first, you know, my initial thought was, you know, you see a high contact injury, it's like, you know, it's over. Um, but you know, it, it was a good sign to see him walking off the field and, and the fact that he could, you know, stay on the sideline and all that. So you hope it's nothing major, even though it was, you know, obviously serious enough to keep him out of the game. Um, but it, it was a it was a huge loss. Uh, I think just because you see, um, I mean, just thinking about you know, like from a game plan standpoint, you got got you know, you 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 put certain plays in the game plan, drawn up for certain guys, certain situations, and I think we saw that, um, you know, like Sterling said, uh, right out the gate, that first play after that, um, you know, long T Higgins touchdown, they were going to uh, I, I can't I don't know the guy's name, but eighteen, he's got some crazy last name. But yeah, they tried to go to him right out the gate. And, you know, essentially that's Odell's backup. Um, and you saw really just for the rest of the game, Stafford and him kind of struggled to, to build any kind of uh, connection um, at all later in the game. So you, you see how big of an impact it was losing Odell. Um, and I, and, you know, uh, again, I agree with Sterling. I think if Odell stays in the game, that's just a blowout. Um, just because it seemed like, you know, just starting off the game, they weren't, you know, even having a chance to guard him. Cooper Cup hadn't even gotten started yet, you know, uh, by the time Odell scored that first touchdown. So, um, yeah, you know, that, that that injury definitely helped the Rams out, but you could tell how much of a, of a, a monkey wrench you threw in the, in the Rams offensive game plan. Gotcha. So, Sterling, I'm going to have to ask you this, and I know now I guess we're kind of off the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, OBJ, right? Is he a Ram next season? Man, that's tough. <laughs> I, I don't I mean because I feel like LA is the place for him he's an LA guy like OBJ in LA is that's like a match made in heaven all right at first I was kind of like dang like they really made a decision like to go get him like that because they have they still had Woods at the time but you know it ended up working out I guess perfectly in a way because you know Woods went down and he became the guy that took a lot of pressure off the cup even though he's really still a number one receiver somewhere um but there's going to be a team that throws him in that bag. And I think he's going to go to that team and he can go to that team more comfortably now because he has a Super Bowl ring. I feel like if they would have lost the Super Bowl, then maybe he feels like, dang, I really could have did more. Uh, we could try to come back and win the Super Bowl ring. That's going to be his best. That's going to be the best situation for him to do that. But now that he has the ring, um, he got the bag early in his career. He proved that he could play at a very high level down the stretch. And it was crucial to the Rams um, postseason success. Uh, his agent can do a lot of talking and it's just whatever team has the best situation. He's not going to go nowhere to lose. I don't think OBJ is not that type of dude to go somewhere to lose. So, but I think I could definitely see him going to a place. If he wanted to be a number, you know, the, the number one guy that's going to pay him. So uh, watch out because New England's about to make everybody upset. <laughs> you think New England goes and gets him? 
Oh, they, they're, they're, they're going to go after him. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne being the number one for Matt Jones. Oh, no. Go get that guy, dude. <laughs> go get, go get Matt Jones, dude. He might, it, it might be scary in, in the AFC. So. And it, it ain't come out that OBJ said he was close to going to New England before, so that would be crazy to see him with Matt Jones. Some people say a young version of Brady. We'll see mm-hmm. about that. I will highlight, though, for one of them Cincinnati linebackers, maybe I just haven't watched Cincinnati all season, but that dog on Logan Wilson, number he 55, was all over the place. He's run-stopping, able to go uh, go out in coverage and all. Have, he went did some research on him. He's from Wyoming. I think he's like six foot, like 255. Y'all, mm-hmm. Have y'all been following him all season, or is this the first y'all heard of him? But that, that brother can play some linebacker. So you got a time as I, I mean. Oh, nah, I, was, I was just about to say, I, I heard – Throughout the season, I had heard of, you know, because I, I wanted to say he, he was a rookie. He might be a rookie or second-year guy. Yeah. But I just heard, you know, some things about a, a a young guy, you know, doing some things for the Bengals. But, um, you know, him showing up on the big stage like that was definitely a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard much about him, but he played his tail off the day. I, I mean, that <laughs> that was going to be that was gonna be my personal uh, – I, I, what did I get MVP? He probably got MVP – MVP for me because I didn't think I feel like the Winston Bowl MVP you gotta do something extraordinary personally that's just how I see the award and like they would have given it to Burrow because he's the quarterback but Burrow didn't do nothing crazy today he had two jump balls that you know went for big yards um I don't think that's an MVP performance I thought the way Logan was I would have said the way he played defensively and neutralizing the Rams running game would have been a big story for me to give him the MVP because of how well he played so but yeah Okay, and let me ask you this, the last thing, we'll kind of wrap this up, y'all. I don't want to make this too long of an episode. Everybody tune in, not be like 47 minutes, although we do have some expert opinion here. Didn't want y'all to be intimidated by that. So this is for y'all, congratulations. But uh, <laughs> but I'll ask you this, Sterling. What is the next, and then Thomas, if you got a different one, just let me know. What is the next step for Cincinnati? Like, okay, they had this dynamic season, but they still didn't win it. So what do they have to do in the offseason, whether it's by the draft or for agency to take that next step and to hopefully, you know, coming back to the uh, the Super Bowl and winning one? Not to mention they're in the AFC North, which is one of the tough divisions in football. For one, you know, Cincinnati knows what they need to do. Go get you some offensive linemen. All right, that's the one thing. All right, so go ahead and, go ahead and pay you a veteran center that can make all the calls for all the young guys who are about to draft that's talented in the draft. So go ahead and buy you a center that's really good, um, you know, a dude, I'm not going to say get this guy. I'm just saying go get a guy like a Max Unger or like an Alex Mack, one of those type of veteran season centers that um, can really help out a young, talented um, counterpart that gets drafted. Because I think Jackson Carmen didn't even play. Is he still hurt or did he just stop playing him? Like what happened with that whole guy? <laughs> so that's what they drafted last year instead of Panay Sewell. Um, so um, go fix the O-line. Uh, yes, your defense played out of their mind, but they're not going to be able to do this for – another year okay Eli Apple and uh Uzi played good Hilton played good but you got to buffer up that secondary outside of just Jesse Bates um it seemed like they might be fine at linebacker but definitely uh hit a home run with the offensive line go get you a really good corner don't overpay for one though but get you a really good corner draft one that's you know better than the Eli Apple or whatnot and uh, to make sure you can keep the the core guys like Bates and those guys in the back so that would be my my Bengals uh, offseason uh, formula to get them to stay at this level or, you know, potentially win it next year. But 
Of course, first things first, get the O line right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of glaring. Thomas, you have about the same ones, or you had anything else that you thought was probably important? Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I was going to say, I mean, pretty much the exact same things. I mean, I agree with Sterling. Like, uh, you know, your defense was, was good. You know, they had, I don't want to call it the lightning in a bottle, but, you know, they were able to put it together for one season. But Eli Apple, you know, that that's not going to be, you know, one of your number one and number two corners moving forward. So you definitely got to either find, you know, a veteran in the free agent market or, or you know, I, I you know, it's, it's a chance a corner falls you in the draft. You always know how this draft process goes with, you know, guys stock rising and falling throughout the process. Um, so who knows, you know, they might be able to, to stumble upon a top flight guy in the draft, but you definitely got to boast up that secondary. And of course, you know, the, the most glaring issue is the offensive line for sure. Um, so just that and, and, just making sure that, um, you know, Burrow can just keep as many weapons as he can on offense. You know, at some point, it's going to come down to a lot of mouths having to get fed, whether that's, you know, catching balls uh, on the offense, you know, on the field or get paid off the field. So um, just just keeping all his weapons intact, making sure he always has some weapons to throw to um, uh, is it, just going to be some of the biggest things. So, yeah, I agree with Sterling for sure. Yeah, another year, another offseason of film for defensive coordinators to kind of look into to see what that Bengals offense is doing really well and how they can kind of counteract it there. Hopefully the doggone owner, I saw them put him on the screen. Hopefully he will finally invest and get an indoor facility for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're like one of the only teams in the league that is not still doesn't have an indoor facility. Now that he sees like, yo, Burrow's trying to take them to this next level, they'll be able to do that. But uh, yeah, so crazy stuff. So now that the season's over, obviously college football, the NFL season's over with. Uh, now we got... What is it? The, the senior bowls and things of that nature and getting ready here for the combine. It's crazy that this thing keeps turning. It never stops. Like, <laughs> it, it absolutely never stops. Any glaring names of uh, uh, guys that y'all looking forward to seeing at the combine or anybody at y'all want to kind of shout out in particular? Um, I guess, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say a guy I'm ready to see at the combine. I guess I'm just ready to see, you know, who them who them combine words are gonna be this year. You know, you always have the guys who you didn't really hear much about during the season, but they're gonna come out and run a four three, you know, jump a forty inch vertical or something and, and bring their stock all the way up. So I'm excited to see that. But um I'm I think I'm I'm definitely excited to see how this uh receiver class pans out. Um, you know, who gets taken where, just kinda how guys stock rises and falls uh, after we really get a chance to, you know, kind of nitpick uh, at their film and stuff. So uh, I'll probably say that's that's the biggest thing I'm excited for. All right, what about you, Stella? Uh Yeah, I don't have, like, a, a specific player that I'm, like, looking, like, forward to seeing there. But I just want to see how this receiver class, like, kind of like go Thomas. I just want to see how it, how, it, how it falls. Because, like, this is one of them classes, like, when Judy and Lamb and them came out. It was like, man, there's so many guys, like, you really can't get mad at why which team picks who is this. You got people, you know, Williams out there from Alabama. You know, people going to be paying attention to how he recovers from his injury. Um, of course, the boys from Ohio State. Um, just a lot of talented guys just out there. I just want to see how this class is going to fall. Um, there should be a whole lot of teams that get steals just off the premise that there's just that many good receivers in this draft. So, um, it should be it should be very interesting. And to see uh, – I guess how the offensive line um, falls in this class too, just because, you know, there's so many teams where I feel like they're just offensive linemen away from making the push. 
like you know the Bengals got here with that one so yeah <laughs> so it can't be done is Drummond coming out of Ole Miss is he coming is he draft eligible this year yeah Why yeah he, he, he was he was at the uh senior bowl a few weeks okay. back yeah, so there you have you have Drummond. Him and Matt Corral put up great numbers. I'm excited about the quarterback class because it's not necessarily like a dominant class. You know, you got your Sam Howells, you got your Malik Willis, you got uh, Matt Corral. You got a couple other guys that are like, okay, we'll see. But I don't think that this year there's like a guy at yeah. quarterback where you're like, okay, this has to be him. And so we shall see what happens, y'all. But uh, like I said, y'all, it's just like we're hitting about that quota what I was saying about 22 minutes there. So – uh, y'all got anything else so we can go ahead and wrap this bad boy up I'm good uh, we're doing for the Super Bowl I'm just you know happy very happy with that hopefully Sterling's Panthers will be here next year but uh, <laughs> God, but, uh hey, if you get me around draft covers Matt I, I'm gonna tell you right now I'm ready. all right <laughs> they already trying to kill me right now so I'm gonna say, yeah you know we just go get Malik at seven and call it a day oh no we can't <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> I don't know who expert advice that is, but you're fired. But uh, that's all we have for y'all this on this episode. We'll probably be back, like I said, probably probably as we get closer to the combine. That's why we'll be back. Take a little break here, uh, and but y'all always come back better than ever. But that's all we have on this week's episode on Matt Sports House. Thomas, what's go ahead and hit us with the Twitter name real quick, in case people want to follow. Me. Thomas three underscores H eighty four. Cool. Sterling, where can they find you at? Sterl underscore 25 on Twitter. I'm gonna be talking my stuff, man. <laughs> I was just I was just about to say it's funny, like you catch Thomas occasionally commenting on a quote. There's like, okay, that's a good point. You catch Sterling arguing people on Twitter. So <laughs> and they keep going. Sterling will get that last response. You can bet your last dollar unless you're telling somebody, you know what, have it. But yeah, y'all, and then obviously you can find me at Matt the one underscore. I had to switch that up for business purposes. But that's all we have for y'all on this week's episode. We're out. Peace. Yeah. I forever love my city. House on the riverside, round down popular. Niggas ain't seeing us, let's take out binoculars. I just left Prive, went to love, I'm still popping out. Got it left the city, I'm like, what the fuck you talking about? Got it in the city, low key, still popping out. Bulletproof and AR, and nigga, I'll walk you down. Got a drink and ain't spade, never drink, walk me down. All my niggas talk me up, and they'll never talk me down.